Welcome to the Wanderers History Podcast, and to a new episode of the broader series Monarchs and Rulers of the 16th Century Mediterranean, now looking at the life, reign, and history of Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, and King of Spain. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you to please hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss any new material from the podcast. Let us resume. The previous episode, which acted as an introduction to the history of Charles until 1519, ended with his election as Holy Roman Emperor at the age of 19, inheriting one of the most powerful empires of that century, encompassing Spain, the Spanish Netherlands, Austrian Habsburg hereditary lands, and much more. The next decade following 1519 proved itself to be full of turbulence, mainly because of two large factors, one being the emergence of Luther and Protestantism, which created violent disputes throughout the 16th century in many kingdoms like France, Scotland, also the Netherlands, but many parts of the empire itself as well. The other part would be the aggravation of hostilities in the Italian wars against prime competitor France at the time ruled by Francis I. Charles would have to fight at various points against Protestantism, but also against Catholic factions such as France and the papacy, as the situation in northern Italy got very complicated through the wars of the League of Cambrai, Cognac, and also the Italian War of 1521-1526. For this reason, I would like to split the episode in three segments. First one, to look at the challenge he faced early on in Castile, the distrust of the local nobility had for him, and a brief history of the war-slash-revolt of the Comuneros. Second part, we'll look at the internal turbulences within the empire, such as the reaction to Luther's actions at Worms in 1521 and Lutheranism in general, but also the social instability shown by the Peasants' War and the increasing factionalization within the Holy Roman Empire. The third part will look at Charles's campaign in the Italian peninsula and the rivalry with the French monarch Francis I. Battle of Pavia in 1525, sack of Rome in 1527, and coronation of Bologna in 1530 will be highlights. It will also be important to discuss about the rise of Suleiman the Magnificent, which threatened the eastern parts of the empire and eastwards of the empire, namely Hungary, which suffered a cataclysmic defeat at Mohacin, and also, in 1529, the siege of Vienna. Here it will be important to briefly talk about Charles's younger brother, Ferdinand I, ruler of the Austrian Habsburg hereditary lands, important representative of Charles with the German electors of the empire. Charles's reign is extremely intricate, complex, and geographically immense, a lot of ground to cover. There is only so much I can fit in a few hours of podcasting. There are very complex issues, such as the complicated relationship Charles had with the Catholic Church in Spain, the emergence of the Inquisition, matters relating to taxation, and so on and so forth, or Charles's policies on the Indies, the task of government of provinces in the New World, involvement of missionaries. These are fascinating matters that maybe, and hopefully, I'll able to return to and focus on each one individually in different series. Until then, this series on Charles V will look at major landmarks in European and Mediterranean history. Before we proceed and look at Charles's departure for the German lands of the Holy Roman Empire, we need to look at what happened 
at home in Spain at the beginning of the 1520s. Before Charles had set sail in late May 1520 in Castile, a revolution was brewing. The problem stemmed from supplementary taxation on top of the fact that the Castilian nobility had an inherent mistrust of Charles, given his background, his Flemish circle of advisors. The convening of the Cortes of Santiago in April 1520 proved very problematic. Towns like Toledo made their discontent very clear, and they would form a league against an absent Charles V. This would become known as the Revolt of the Comuneros, one of the main leaders being Juan López de Padilla. One of Padilla's aim was to dethrone Charles and instate his mother, Joana the Mad, as ruling monarch, although she was technically co-monarch but had little to no power. This was shown by the troops of Padilla capturing the castle of Tordesillas. However, when the time came, Joana declined any of Padilla's proposals. The revolt expanded throughout Castile, especially in the central parts. Segovia would see violent clashes between the Comuneros and Royalists. One important thing to remember is that in Charles's absence, Dutch Cardinal Adrian of Utrecht ruled as regent in Castile, something which added to the animosity of the Comuneros towards Charles. Another element of the problematic naming of the nephew of William de Croix, chief tutor of Charles, as Archbishop of Toledo. A very good source on this conflict would be Stephen's Halixer's The Comuneros of Castile, The Forging of a Revolution, 1475-1521. Now, the revolt of the Comuneros also started to gain elements which you would see in other peasants' rebellions, which spread all across most of Europe throughout the 16th century. Estates of nobles were beginning to be endangered and it seemed that large parts of Castile were actually under the control of rebels. Victories such as the one at the Battle of Torelo Baton provided some momentum for the rebels which put significant pressure on Regent Adrian, already having to deal with the mistrust of the Castilian nobility. However, the Battle of Villalar on April 23, 1521, proved to be a decisive royalist victory, which crushed the army of the Comuneros, leading to the capture of Juan de Padilla, Francisco Maldonado, and Juan Bravo, main leaders of the rebellion, who were executed the following day. The rebellion had largely been suppressed, although Toledo would resist until October of 1521. The situation in Castile had been stabilized, though frictions between the large towns of the Cortes, especially on matters such as taxation, remained. While Charles still had to be careful when it came to levies on nobles, clear example in 1538 when he wanted to impose a tax which also applied to the nobility, had to get abandoned. Charles could nevertheless focus on the matters of the Holy Roman Empire. One of the greatest challenges faced by a Holy Roman Emperor awaited Charles. In 1517, Martin Luther published his 95 Theses, stating his positions on various matters related to the practices of the Catholic Church, such as the transactional nature of the indulgences, but also matters related to doctrine and faith. It was one of the catalysts for the Protestant Reformation to take place, 
an event both the emperor but also the papacy greatly feared. Pope Leo X had issued the papal bull Exurge Domine, a direct response to Luther's 95 Theses, which censured most of his work and threatened Luther with excommunication in 1520. Emperor Charles V also saw the great potential of unrest caused by Luther's work and would summon Luther at the Imperial Diet of Worms in 1521 on the 23rd of January to either recant his views or reconfirm them. Luther would declare at Worms the following, quote, Unless I am convicted by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me. Amen. End of quote. While Luther argued for the supreme authority of the Bible, Charles had argued for the customs of the Catholic Church and piety, a contrast between scripture and apostolic tradition. Charles's reply invoked the Catholic traditions of his complex heritage from the crowns of Spain to Austria and Burgundy, King of Romans and the, Holy, the crown of the Holy Roman Emperor himself, all seen as defenders of the Catholic faith. While branding Luther as an evil doctrinarian spreading falsehoods in order to incite rebellions, a heretic to whom he vowed to never speak to again. Furthermore, Charles would respond with the Edict of Worms in 1521, resulting in an imperial ban on Luther, with reading of Luther's work and Lutheranism in general banned and criminalized. Frederick III's and the wise Elector of Saxony was able to provide refuge for Luther while the Reformation was starting to grow within the Holy Roman Empire. The Diet of Worms also allowed for Charles to undertake some imperial reforms, delegating his younger brother, Ferdinand, by naming him Archduke of Austria and making him a vital element and communicator between himself, the Holy Roman Emperor, and the German princes. Ferdinand I would be an important pillar of support for Charles. Luther would be officially excommunicated through the papal bull issued on January 3rd, 1521, Decet Romanum Pontificem, but it would not be the end of his long-lasting influence. Two diets would follow at Nuremberg in 1522 and 1524, also another two diets at Speyer in 1526, and 1529. The German Peasants' War of 1524-1525 was an important moment in the history of the German lands of the Holy Roman Empire. Radical reformers and Anabaptists, such as Thomas Münzer, supported a popular revolt of peasants against the local nobility. Luther, on the other hand, through his pamphlet against the murderous, thieving hordes of peasants, was against the rebellions and acts of violence, though the Protestant movement he started was a contributing factor. A stark comparison thus can be seen between Luther's and Munzer's approach. The German Peasants' War was an intriguing example of social and economic struggles within the empire in the 16th century, manifested through violent rebellions. While the peasants had large numbers, they lacked organization, 
communication channels, and efficient weaponry. Most battles, such as the one at Frankenhausen in May 1525, were sheer slaughterings of the peasants' army, with 80% or more being killed. Similar outcomes occurred at Böblingen, Königshofen, the Second Battle of Würzburg in 1525. The Swabian League had crushed this movement to the advantage of Charles, who had to turn his attention to the events in the Italian peninsula. Previously, the War of the League of Cambrai was a brutal series of events and battles which saw, at different times, mainly Venice, France and the Papacy fight each other. There was some Spanish and Imperial intervention during the reign of Maximilian I. However, the Italian War of 1521-1526 was an important conflict which pitted the French, backed by the Venetians, against Charles. The most important part of this war would be the Battle of Pavia. Pavia would prove to be an unmitigated catastrophe for the French. More than 40% of French forces were killed, including important military commanders such as François de Lorraine, Guillaume Gauffier, Seigneur de Bonivet, and Jacques de la Palisse. Spanish and imperial troops were able to section and tear into the French army to the point where even the king's guard was overwhelmed. Francis I, king of France, among many other nobles, were captured. Francis was imprisoned in what became a crucial victory for Charles V. The Sforzas were returned to power in Milan under protection of Charles V and Pope Clement VII. French influence in Milan was drastically diminished. After Pavia, Francis was imprisoned and then transported to Spain. The Treaty of Madrid in 1526 would imply humiliating terms for the French monarch. In order to secure his release, Francis would have to renounce all claims on the Duchy of Milan and also had to cede the Duchy of Burgundy to the Habsburgs. The Treaty of Madrid did not prevent new conflicts from arising in the Italian peninsula. The War of the League of Cognac, started by France, Venice and the Papacy against the Emperor, started in 1526. In 1527, the mutinous troops, mostly German but also Spanish, of Charles V, sacked the city of Rome in one of the most violent events of the 16th century. The city's population was decimated either by direct conflict or the subsequent plague which hit the city in 1528. Many fled. It took more than three decades for the population of Rome to recover in terms of numbers. The city was pillaged, but in a brutal turn of events, Charles's troops actually imprisoned Pope Clement VII, who feared the ambitions of Charles and Spain over Italy, Rome and the papacy. Clement had agreed to Charles's requirements, namely to accept a coronation at Bologna, which took place in 1530. He had to refuse the annulment of Henry VIII's marriage to Catherine of Aragon, who was Charles's aunt, and Pope Clement also had to name cardinals wanted by Charles. The War of the League of Cognac was a triumph for Charles and Spain against France and the Medici Pope, and it foreshadowed and facilitated the victory of Philip II over France, embodied by the Peace of Cateau-Cambresis in 1559. 
which all but confirmed Spanish domination in the Italian peninsula. The coronation of Bologna in 1530 would be the last time a pope crowned an emperor, a significant moment which allowed for Charles to redirect his at attention and focus to Eastern Europe and the Mediterranean. For the crushing Ottoman victory at Mohac in 1526 led to the very perilous situation at Vienna in 1529 when Suleiman the Magnificent was close to conquering the heart of the Austrian Habsburg hereditary lands. Ferdinand and Charles were lucky in part because the Ottomans had to retreat because of weather conditions. But the failed Ottoman siege of Vienna would not be the last confrontation, direct or indirect, between Charles and the Ottoman Empire. This came at a time when Charles also had to deal with matters within the Holy Roman Empire itself, and for that, he had to call the Imperial Diet of Augsburg in 1530, which will mark the beginning of the next episode. All in all, the period between 1519 and 1530 was a very turbulent one for Charles, with many challenges, dealing with the popular revolts in Spain, but also the German lands of the empire, dealing with Luther and the emergence of Protestantism, but also with a papacy reluctant to accept Spanish and imperial domination in Italy. Charles had defeated one of his arch-rivals, Francis I of France, and made Pope Clement VII do his bidding. Things would get complicated in the following decade, with even more war in Italy against the French, war against the Ottomans re-emerging via the Third Ottoman-Venetian War, and armed military conflicts within the Holy Roman Empire erupting as well. All of this will be discussed in the following episode and part three. Thank you for listening and tuning in to the second part of the short history of Charles V, part of the Rulers and Monarchs of the 16th Century Mediterranean series. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already to never miss any new history content. And until the next time, all the best. <laughs>